Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. As we arrive at iPhone's first birthday, we're gonna take it to the next level. And today we're introducing the iPhone 3G. That's former Apple CEO Steve Jobs unveiling the iPhone 3G back in 2008. The 3G in the name is a big deal. 3G networks were fairly new at the time, and the speed and reliability of the technology completely revolutionized wireless connectivity. And also, it ushered in the smartphone era as we know it. But, as all things must pass, wireless companies are in the process of shutting down any and all of their remaining 3G networks to make room for the newer, faster 5G. Here to walk us through the death of 3G is Recode reporter Rebecca Heilweil. Hi, Rebecca. Hey. All right, before we get into why wireless companies are abandoning 3G, let's go back to the origins of cell phone technology and why 3G was such a big deal. When you hear about 3G or 4G or 5G, that refers to the generation of wireless communication technology that you're using. So the first cell phone network ever naturally used what's called 1G, which was basically analog voice. So if you don't remember what that is, you can think about those giant brick-sized phones that you sometimes see in 80s movies. Then came 2G, which was digital and introduced stuff like SMS or texting and eventually included some picture messaging too. But 3G was a huge leap forward because it actually brought the mobile internet broadly to our phones. So what exactly is 3G? It's what helps you get the news twice as fast, find your way twice as fast, and download files twice as fast. This was the network of choice for the 2008 iPhone, which was also the iPhone 3G, which was the first really affordable smartphone that you could buy. That also included new GPS technology and web browsing based on a cellular connection and was really, really fast. When did use of 3G technology begin to decline and why? So the first 4G phones became available in the United States around 2011, and that was the beginning of the end for 3G. So a few years after that, phone companies stopped manufacturing phones that only work with 3G. So you might buy a phone that could get a 3G connection, but it would also have 4G in it as well. So for instance, the iPhone 5, which uh, came out in 2012, worked with both 3G and 4G networks. But then Apple later phased out 3G support for subsequent models. And later iPhones only work with 4G and 5G. Well, obviously, wireless companies are always trying to provide faster speeds, and we've heard a lot about how they want to expand 5G and they want you to get on board with 5G. But why do they need to get rid of 3G in order to do that? 
So wireless networks work by sending signal over what's called the radio spectrum. These are a set of radio frequencies that are used pretty widely for things like radio and television, but there are just a limited number of frequencies on that spectrum. So the Federal Communications Commission actually regulates what technologies use what frequencies. So this is why you might have heard sometimes about spectrum auctions, which is when the FCC sells rights to certain bands of that spectrum for millions or even billions of dollars. So currently, some of these bands are taken up by 3G networks. So what the carriers want to do now is shut down 3G to make more room for 5G and 4G and what could come later, potentially 6G. Okay, got it. And other than phones, are there other devices that might be affected by the end of 3G? There are a few non-phone devices that still rely on 3G networks. These include a lot of systems within cars, so that might be navigation software or crash notification systems that are set up to work with 3G network. There's also some emergency medical alert and security alert systems that still rely on 3G as well. So when the 3G networks are turned off, these devices will stop working. Got it. That kind of makes sense with the cars, especially. We're used to replacing our smartphones every couple, three years, but people drive their cars for decades. And you might have a car that you bought in the 2000s that you're still driving. And 3G was futuristic at the time, but it's just going to stop working. Is that right? Yes, it might be possible to get that software updated, but you might have to take some initiative to actually do that. By the way, what is the current state of 5G? Where is it being used? By whom? Is it awesome? So the latest update with 5G is that the carriers have rolled out what's called the C-band, which is the everyman's 5G connection. That means really fast speeds that are covered in a wide range of areas. So AT&T has turned on these frequencies in at least eight metro areas in the U.S. And Verizon's new 5G service is supposed to become available in 1,700 U.S. cities over the course of this month. So if you have a 5G phone or you want to buy one, this is certainly welcome news. It's supposed to be 10 times faster than 4G once it's fully operational. If you want one of those faster seeds, you can check whether your current phone plans includes C-band coverage. Okay, well, in any case, all of this is super confusing. I kind of get that with 5G expanding, 3G needs to go away. But I didn't know about this 3G news until very recently, and I'm a technology journalist. Who do you think is not expecting all of this to happen, and who's kind of going to be most affected by the change? Right now, it seems like the 3G shutdown will impact low-income people, people who are homeless, survivors of domestic violence. The most, some of these people have what are called inactivated cell phones, which means that they don't actually work to call anyone, but they can be used to call 911 in the case of an emergency when 3G shuts down. That won't be able to happen anymore. There's also elderly people, especially those living in rural areas, who might still have 3G devices or medical alert systems that haven't heard about 3G sunset and may be unaware that this change is going to happen pretty soon. And has there been any pushback to this change? It sounds like it could be really bad for some people. Yeah. AARP has been asking for an extension out of concern for older people. They say the pandemic has made it harder for people to get their devices replaced, especially devices that are actually in their homes. There's also alarm companies who are worried about their smoke and carbon monoxide detectors that also rely on 3G. You know, they say because of the computer chip shortage and all these supply chain issues, it's going to be hard for them to actually replace them with updated systems before the shutdown happens. And when is that going to happen? Do we already have a timeline? AT&T is supposed to shut down 3G on February 22nd. T-Mobile is supposed to shut down its 3G networks in July. And Verizon is supposed to shut down its 3G networks by the end of this year. 
okay, so it, it's coming this year. What can people do to prepare for the changeover to make sure that they're not affected? If you're actively using a 3G phone, you should have probably already heard from your wireless company that your phone will no longer work and, and you need to get it updated. If you haven't heard about this, probably doesn't affect you, but there's no harm in checking to make sure that your phone can get a 4G or 5G connection. If you have a car alarm system, you should reach out to the manufacturers of those to make sure that they'll still work. You might need an upgrade. And it's also worth remembering that this issue might not affect you, but it might affect friends or family that you have. And it's worth offering to help them check as well. And I have to wonder, based on your conversations with your sources does it seem like this is a cycle that is going to continue? Is this going to keep happening when 6G comes out, 4G is going to go away and so on and so forth so that we're stuck in this constant cycle of upgrading? It does seem like we're stuck in a cycle of constantly phasing in and phasing out cellular networks. You know, 1G, the generation of cellular connection that I mentioned, phased out a really long time ago. 2G has also been phased out, was mostly phased out in 2017. And now it's 3G's time to go. And eventually it's going to be 4G's time to go as well. So that old brick phone my dad has is not going to work anymore. Do you have any memories of the 3G era specifically that stand out as we bid it adieu? My family has always had this old shoebox of 3G flip phones that we're not using in case of emergency. So we always had them kept around as a backup in case one of us broke one of our phones or lost one of our phones. And now we have to figure out what to do with them since they're not going to work. There might be some pictures left on them that makes them worth keeping around. Well, Rebecca, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced by John Ahrens and engineered by Melissa Ponce from Hemlock Creek Productions. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thanks for listening.